What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actually Podcast. I'm here with my friend Sean, and he's going to tell us about a really exciting, uh, powerful journey he just went on here with Actual Eye. We are, of course, seeking that most authentic expression of ourselves and how we may best be of service in this world. And that often involves a lot of soul searching and uh, wisdom practices and there's different rituals all over the world that people have been partaking in for thousands of years. And Sean here got to experience one uh, known as Mother Ayahuasca. And so he's going to tell us about that. But yeah, if you want to briefly introduce yourself and then like what brought you to this place personally. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm Sean. I kind of had the idea of ayahuasca Mm -hmm. in my head for several years, but um, kind of on the back burner. uh, When I was first kind of digging into it, it seemed like the only way to get a uh, a really realistic experience with it is to travel down to Peru or Costa Rica or South America and the Amazons um, and uh, to really take a part of the, the indigenous culture uh, what I later found is there's uh, places that you can experience and have that full experience here. But um, to kind of get to what So led, you mean like here in the States? Yeah, here in the States. Yeah. Um, I've learned uh, there's a lot on the West Coast. There's a few in Florida. Orlando is where I ended up at to do my journey. But to kind of give you a background of what brought me to this decision, mm-hmm. um, like most people, the last few years have been pretty tough. Uh, for for me especially, uh, 2020, uh, I began that year, really the very first year, finding out that I um, was separating from my wife. Hmm. And um, that that was obviously very emotionally difficult to go through. Um, that was right at the beginning of January. Uh, that leaked into COVID. Um, so when I was at a point where it was time for me to to really figure out these emotions and to really start to heal, I was all of a sudden isolated from basically the world. Um, you know, like most of us, our offices at work were shut down. There was not uh, a lot of the normal outlets that I would go. I'm really into music, music festivals, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, those things were no longer available, and I was just isolated um, at a time where where I really needed outlets to kind of go through that process of really grieving is what it is. Um, So because there was not a a lot of outlets for me, um, I kind of fell in the normal trap of Mm -hmm. self-medicating. I really wanted to figure out a way to save the relationship. And through that, I went through a lot of self-analyzation and trying to figure out what was going on with me? What it seems like I was in this karmic pattern. Uh, this was my third divorce. Um, it seemed like I was keep getting introduced to the same relationship situations that hmm. kept failing. Um, so there was a lot of that going on. Um, I I tried a few counseling sessions, therapy. That seemed to be going down a direction where they wanted to put me on some sort of medication, and and I was very. Uh, I was very aware that I didn't want to fall into that trap because hmm. um, from what I've gathered and what from the people I know, like it's, it seems like medication is really, it just masks the issue. It doesn't really get to the root of it or solve anything, you know, 
being in that situation, things got really, really, really dark, like really dark. Uh, depression, anxiety, just a whole lot of just negative emotions that I was just sitting in and I didn't really have a way to really deal with them. So I said the self-medicating came out, but also I got into meditation, I got into yoga, I got into eating better and stuff like that, which kind of slowly helped me come out of, out and get my feet back on the ground basically. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, through that, I was doing a lot of self-analysis and I was doing a lot of research and was looking at where I found. I was like, I got to fix me because I was spiraling downward and, uh, you know, it, to the point, and I, I'll just be honest, like uh, suicide was a pretty heavy thought in my, in my mm. mind. Yeah. Um, I just didn't see a way out, but I was trying everything I can. And um, I had, I had experienced like ceremonial you know, psychedelic experiences like mushrooms with meditation, mm, yeah. um, even THC, which is, which is recreational is legal here in Virginia. Um, I'd experiment with that, but you know, I really was searching for the answer because if I didn't figure something out, I don't know that I would really have pulled through the situation or things were just going to get dramatically worse and worse and worse. Right. Um, right. The self-medicating would just be more masking. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was. Um, and it was, but I needed to escape. I needed to get out of my own mind because the pers- the pervasive, just negative thoughts were just ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Mm. But at some point I turned the corner and, you know, really found self-love practices, you know, like the meditation, the yoga, music, uh, art, uh, just creativity. Just I started finding these outlets, but there's still like this ongoing anxiety and depression that like I wake up with first thought every day is like just this crushing like mm. like weight on my shoulder it's like I wow. like yeah. you know I'm not good enough I'm not I'm not working things out I'm not I'm not getting where I need to be so it sounds like you're able to achieve some more balance in your life and feel a little bit more stable but you still have this deep unresolved yeah. right grief right yeah. and and it's it's the thing is like I that was my healing journey and and um, I'm grateful to be where I'm at today. But yeah, there was a time I didn't know. I didn't know how I was going to find strength to like get through another day and another day. And, um, but as I turned the corner, um, I realized there's still like parts of me that, that I needed to figure out. I needed to resolve. You know, mm-hmm. there were things that, that were still internal that I, weren't serving me. And, yeah. and I was like, you know, I like, I, I became really dedicated to figuring out. So I got into things like shadow work, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really turns the corner for you. I mean, shadow work is, is difficult. It's if you're not familiar with shadow shadow, like we all have a shadow and, uh, usually it's created in our childhood. And, you know, for example, like male children often growing up are not really, encouraged to handle their emotions in a like positive way you know like just you don't a lot show of suppression yeah, a lot of yeah suppression and every time you suppress a part of you like y- you put it in a shadow hmm. but that part of you still exists you're just suppressing it and shadow hmm. work is kind of bringing that part out to you embracing and accepting it as part of, of your whole and really kind of getting to the root of that trauma or or, or that healing so I started getting into that and like started making a lot of progress, but 
you know, there still felt like there was a piece missing. And that's where I started to um, really like keen in on the ayahuasca experiences because, because there's a lot, there's a lot of information now out there. You know, you're getting it from a lot of celebrities like Will Smith, just uh, last few months talked about how he went on 14 Aya journeys when him and Jada were, were having marital issues. Really? I didn't hear about that. And he came out and his quote was like, it it was the first time he he had actually felt free. Um, and then there's, you know, several other, like a lot of podcasts, uh, people I'm interested in too. Duncan Trussell is a good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, but these people talking about these experiences with ayahuasca and like, like, and I have to say it didn't, none of it really sounded like this beautiful, euphoric, amazing experience. It all sounded like therapy. It all sounded mm-hmm. like work. Like, like work, yep. Um, it, it didn't sound comfortable. It didn't sound fun. But that's really what I was l- looking for. It sounded like medicine. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's plant medicine. For me, it's like, like, you know, it seemed like another piece of the puzzle for me to keep you know, trying to complete this, this issues that I have with mental health and, and all the struggling that I was doing. So it really got on my radar. And, um, I started just looking into it. And, and of course, like a, a lot of the first information I was getting is like South America. It talks, it talks about like traveling down to South America and there's different facilities there that you can go to. But during COVID with travel restrictions and the idea of just being in a different culture, different country, language barriers, all these things, you know, were kind of like obstacles for me. But then I started learning like, um, you know, about a place in Kentucky, they call them the trailer park shaman. I looked into that a little bit, but didn't, didn't really fit my vibe. Um, heard about a place in Miami, but I, I go to Orlando often. I have family there and I noticed there was a facility in Orlando and, Hmm. um, and, there's a lot of criteria that I had to meet before I would go on all these experiences. Cause first of all, you're completely incapacitated. Yeah. So if the people around you are facilitating the experience, uh, you can't trust them, then, you know, that's going to not only take away from your journey, but maybe put you in danger of some sort, you know? Mm. Also there has to be a lot of care going into your experience. Like, um, the Aya dieta, which is the iOS ayahuasca diet, basically, there's a lot of things that you really should consider before, you know, stepping your foot forward and, and you know, committing to this. First of all, it's like food. Mm. Food, the dieta, typically from at least a week out, you should really be restricting a, a lot of things that you're, that you're eating. You should get rid of caffeine, processed sugar, spices, salt, red meat, um, oils, olive oil is okay. And really just go for like a whole food vegan diet, you know, very bland vegan diet. Um, And then it's really recommended the days leading up to you should fast, which I did. Uh, But also what's more important is if you have any um, severe mental health issues like schizophrenia, Mm. if you're on psychotic drugs, um, if you have blood pressure issues, heart issues, Mm. uh, seizures, there's a lot of things that actually can be fatal so having a facility that's setting you up for the experience and letting you know all this and really kind of going through all these potential harmful things uh, that you can have in your body that can not interact with the medicine the right way is really important. I mean, it's, it's definitely, there's safety issues. And like, yeah, sounds like they're really comprehensive. 
They were. Yeah. Um, they were. They they do an intake form and they go through they go through so much like what mm-hmm. what prescribed drugs you're taking, what recreational drugs you're using, and and what they they say there is like if you lie, you die. Mm. It's like we can only be responsible for how much truth you're giving us, and like. Yeah. So not only before you sign up or while you're signing up, you do an intake form when you submit your request for the, the retreat you're going to. But when I arrived at the facility, the first thing they did was check vitals and then check you in. And then you talk to someone from medical and they go through your intake form and say, are you sure? Like, please tell us the truth because, you know, we, it can be dangerous, you know. So that was really important to me. Like. Uh, the, the facility that I landed on was SoulQuest in Orlando, and it just so happens my family was there. It was very convenient for me because I visit them often. I was going there for the holidays, and um, there was a retreat for the 17th through the 19th mm-hmm. of December. So I lined it up where I would go there for the weekend of the retreat, spend the holidays with the family. Um, and this facility matched, hit a lot of the criteria. Um, they've done over, you know, tens of thousands of ceremonies there. And I was able to do Zoom calls. Cool. Like they had orientation, Zoom calls, and I brought questions. I had questions. And, and um, the... So you mean Zoom calls proceeding, yeah. actually going down there and seeing them? Right. So they, they have a... Um, on Wednesdays, they do a, a orientation Zoom call, and whoever wants to join can. And it's just basically prepping, prepping you for your experience, um, going through everything how to prepare your mind, body, and soul for what you're about to, you know, uh, take on. And, um, you know, so many things in place. This was a very well-run place. Not to mention, like, this facility um, had a medical doctor and staff, registered nurses, facilitators. Awesome. Yeah. They were always ready to deal with anything that might come up. Mm -hmm. That that gave me a lot of security going into uh, the event because... The really like the checklist for all the things to do was was very clear, very apparent, and and it was long, and I was able to to get a strong sense of security around the facility and the people running it. Um, so that was very helpful um, for me, especially. Right. So, so easing concerns, you can tell they take it very seriously. They right. got a lot of experience. Right. Yeah. Right, and so I guess. From there, I guess we can talk about the experience itself. Sure. If yeah. you're ready for that. So I am. Um, yeah. So when you arrived there and um, and what kind of stuff were they talking to you when you did the Zoom calls? Um, Zoom calls, we went over everything from uh, what to expect during the ceremony. Okay. Um, what kind of things to bring. Okay. Um, and actually, that's a good point. Uh, one of the important things uh, that I, well, a few things I would recommend uh, to bring to an experience is an extra blanket. Like, okay. Yeah. Like don't underestimate how important that is because they, they do provide like a, uh, I want to call it a cot. It's a mattress on the ground, some thin sheets and a pillow, but bare bones. Right. But the medicine has, has a way of, of like reducing your body temperature, making you feel cold. Hmm. So there's a lot of like, uh, shivering and stuff. So, that extra blanket, I think, really helped me. They will always, if, if you ask, they'd always bring you an extra blanket, but it just yeah, was good. But to have your own blanket, yeah. that comfort item yeah. is probably helpful. Um, a gum. Hmm. Gum. gum. The, because purging is, is very entwined with these events, and we'll get yeah. into purging later. But 
you know, if you have to vomit, it's nice to just have some gum, <laughs> like candy. So, <laughs> right, get that taste out of your mouth. That's right. smart. Cause, that's cause, a good plan. Because if you're at the point where you're vomiting, you're probably not good to get up and walk to the bathroom, even though a facilitator will walk you. It's just easier if you have something there in front of you. But, um, but yeah, that was important. But in that, like, packing light, like, I, I didn't want to bring too much. Yeah. Um, you know, other than my phone, um, in some clothes and my journal, I didn't really take much with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the blanket, um, some gum, but yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> but um, yeah, because the work is all in her. Right. Yeah. Right. And in this facility in particular, they feed you. Mm-hmm. Um, they they really have everything uh, everything to like bathroom products. Like if you want to take a shower, they have soap and shampoo and all that stuff. I mean, bring your own toothbrush probably, but. But yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to bring too many distractions. Right. So I brought a book bag with some stuff and my blanket, and that was it. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so going to the so kind of set the set the picture. I um, I fasted from two days out um, for the the probably the forty eight to seventy two hours leading up to the event. Wow. I had had two bananas. Wow. Okay. Um, for the entire time, I didn't sleep too well either because I flew in Thursday the day before flight got delayed didn't get didn't get to my parents house till 3 a.m. you know the event started you know after the next day so wow. I got minimum sleep like yeah. I, I was probably running on like uh, 10 hours maybe eight hours of sleep the 48 hours leading in 48 hours yeah. wow so so I was tired and hungry but you know um, I was excited so I think I was running on like that excitement yeah but, right but uh, so I got there, and um, uh, it was like 4 p.m. on Friday, and that was kind of intake. So, like I said before, first thing I did when I got there, um, they they kind of showed me to a tent in the back, and there's a wonderful young lady there checking vitals, and she took my blood pressure, checked my heart rate, and everything, and said, "Okay, you're good to go." Go into the office, they sign you in, you get a nice little name badge. And everything, um, and then uh, while I was sitting there, actually, this guy uh, Bob, <laughs> Bob was amazing. He's seventy-five years old. He grabbed like three. Was like, "Hey guys, come here. Is this your first time?" He took us outside. And he said, "Like he had done, you know, multiple ayahuasca trips, but he was at a point in his life where the medicine had taught him that he doesn't need it anymore." But mm-hmm. he kind of gave us some like really sage advice, um, you know, about having intentions when you drink and. He said he kind of ran us through how to set your intentions when you first drink. So that was a nice, nice little interaction with Bob. But um, yeah. when, I, when I came back in, they, I had someone give us a tour uh, around the facility. And the whole place, maybe four or five acres. Okay. Not huge, kind of very linear. But they showed me my cabin, which I was in the Lotus. There were two cabins that were for 16 people. Um, kind of in the center of the retreat, they had the Maloka, which is a big dome building, big, beautiful dome building. And, and that fit about 50 people. Um, but that was like the center. So like anytime we, they, they'd have a meeting, like our orientation or whatever, everyone would meet in that building because it can hold basically everyone okay. uh, at the event. And then past the is a beautiful pond. It has all these lily pads, frogs jumping around everywhere, uh, which was nice. And a couple of like platforms on the side for meditating. Um, and then in back they called Oak Grove, which is where they did daytime ceremony, which kind of a wooded area. Hmm. Very beautiful. Um, but yeah, I got to tour the property. I took a bunch of pictures and some videos, some really beautiful art, like just like the art. The place is just gorgeous, like just just beautiful, like 
every square foot of it was just gorgeous. Um, but kind of got acclimated, walked around, talked to a few people. But then, somewhere around six p.m., five or six, they did a, they did like orientation. They brought us in there, and um, they had one of the staff kind of run us through, talk to us about ayahuasca, reiterate that if there's anything that wasn't said, you know, on your intake that might cause an issue, to say it now, um, and just kind of gave us the 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 breakdown of what's going to occur, what to expect. So from there, uh, a few hours later, we all met back at our individual places. Like our cabins were where we were going to do our ceremonies at. So if you're in the Maloka, you went to the Maloka, obviously I went to the Lotus. But right outside the Lotus, there's a fire pit, and they started the actual Aya ceremony. And first thing they do, they walk around and sage everyone. Hmm. Um, and then they would, they told us all, uh, they talked to us about dosage, right? They call a cup or a tablespoon is, is the amount of a cup. So, okay. so they said if it's your first time um, that you start out with a cup. Okay, so just one tablespoon. Just one tablespoon. Um, and then they'll ring a bell two hours after the ceremony starts, and they say, if, if you can see and you can walk, then go get... Another cup. Yeah, go get a refill, a booster, they call it. Okay. Um, but if, if you're brand new to Aya, that the first night, the first ceremony, that's, those were the rules. You take one, and then you wait, see how you feel, and you can do a booster, which I did. But after that, they said, after that, you become your own pharmacist. Mm. So you'll get to choose for the second, third ceremonies how much medicine that you want to take. <clears throat> but for the first night, uh, it was going to be one cup. <clears throat> and so they saged us. We got in line. They, uh, they said some ceremonial stuff. And you ended up doing three. Um, three ceremonies. Three ceremonies, yeah. yeah, while you were there. Yeah, three right. ceremonies total. But the uh, night one, one ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, and this started about 8 o'clock at night. Um, but I got my one cop, and then we went into our cabin. Everyone went into their, their bed, you know. And uh, what, we, was the, what was it like? Uh, the, the actual... The actual yeah. drink. So it's, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> I heard it's horrible. It, yeah. it is. So it's, it's syrupy, like very earthy. Like people describe it as mud. I've heard people describe it as like taste of feet. Um, it, it's, it's not pleasant. Right, um, and it's syrupy, so it doesn't all come out. So you kind of like put water, yeah, in so, there too, don't you? So yeah, so the the idea, the goal is to just throw it down the back of your throat like a shot, like a shooter, and try not just, to taste it. And yeah. Just try not to taste it. You're gonna taste a little, but if you just let it sit in your mouth, you, you, your gag reflex will probably kick in. Mm. So throw it down your throat, and then you pour a little bit of water into the cup because it's so thick that like residue on the bottom just it just coats the bottom these little porcelain kind of shot glasses they give you and you just put a little water in there and you scrape it out with your finger and then you drink the rest drink the rest okay right so like w once we got our cup we went into our cabin and they uh they start like the ceremony and like basically what it is you take your cup and they ask you to put it to your heart and speak your intention into your cup hmm. and um and then after a while, they ask you to drink. And then once you drink, everyone's just kind of instructed beforehand just to be yourself. You want to maintain your own energetic space. Uh, you should be quiet. And like for me, for, for me, it was meditation. When I, first, when I first took the cup, I kind of sat back and like 
I, I think I should I think I should definitely say like going in that first ceremony, everyone was nervous. Yeah. I was nervous. I mean maybe not the people that, that had come More back for yeah. for this wasn't their first experience. And probably half of the guests there were there not as their first time. So okay. as returning guests. So like I had the nerves coming up to, and I drink and I'm kind of sitting back and it's like uh, the nerves are still there. But I was like, all right, remember everything that you prepped for. I'd, I'd written intentions. I had 15 questions written out about what I wanted to learn from the experience, what I wanted to ask Mother Aya. And, um, and then as soon as I take the medicine, it's like, oh, it's about to get real. I couldn't, I couldn't recall any of the stuff that I was that I was meaning to ask. Right. Like it just escaped my mind and I was like, oh, wow, what am I about to get into? So I just kind of sat back um, on the mattress and I guess the wall, it wasn't really a wall, there's no drywall, it was like studs and like foam or whatever. I like kind of got as comfortable as I could on the back uh, where my pillow was and, and I just sit there and it's like, just just meditate, just, you know, slow your breathing, just calm down, just, you just be calm, whatever's about to happen, make sure you just embrace it, go with it. And so, I sat there for about, I say, 20, 30 minutes. And then it was about that time I had um, started to feel a little bit of a tingle, you know, like a little bit of something. I'm like, all right, all right, this is, this is calm, this is mellow. Um, a few minutes later, I'm starting to get patterns uh, or, or um, yeah, like grid kind of patterns on the wall. Now, in the cabin, there's a string of LED, LED lights and candles, but other than that, like it's, all, it's just enough light to be able to get up and walk out and see where you're going. Gotcha. So, but even with that, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I'm starting to see a little bit of visual like stimulation. Mm-hmm. You know, a few minutes later, I, um, yeah, like a, so I get a vibrational kind of feeling in my body. Okay. So um, like a hum, a hum, buzz kind yeah. of thing. And if you're familiar with DMT, is you know it's really what the active ingredient in ayahuasca is DMT. It's very much DMT kind of feeling, but but it, it depends on how you ingest DMT. Um, if you're inhaling it, then it's going to hit you hard and fast for 15 minutes. This is more of a mellow kind of slower build. Yes, yeah, slower build. Yeah. Um, and so I uh, started to, f- to feel you know a little bit different, a little bit transformed. Um, and then, uh, say, 45 minutes to an hour, I start having, like, the internal dialogue, right? And for someone who has an experience, it's, it, it's very hard to explain. Like, ayahuasca is, is, like, a very intelligent plant. It has a consciousness. And, like, literally, it's having a conversation with you. Uh, and it's beyond, like, uh, human language to really fully accurately describe it, but I'll try. All these these kind of images, um, visions of, you know, a lot of it was past events. They start coming into focus and, um, and I'm start reliving some of these traumatic things that have happened Mm. in my life. And I'm starting like revisit difficult times in my life. And, um, and they're just coming and they're just coming naturally. And, you know, and what's funny is I mentioned, I had like 15 questions. I forgot them systematically. (laughs) <laughs> they started going through all those questions and all those intentions I had systematically without me consciously bringing them up or trying to think about started wow. running through like the thought processes in my mind started going through all of it. One thing that was very common that I heard about um, beforehand and I got to experience it and this was the first night I went back to like a couple of 
like I said, traumatic events, kind of abuse, um, right. abusive situations that I've had in my life. Um, and they were being replayed. But while they're being replayed, not only did I get to experience, think and feel out of my own perspective at the time, but also as the victim, also the, per- also the perpetrator's mm-hmm. thoughts, feelings, like really got into their um their trauma and what they were thinking and feeling wow, at the time wow, yeah. and the observer, the people that watched, like I, I got to go through every character in that scene wow. and really like uh, feel and emote in, in almost telepathically, like be in their, their bodies and minds while these things were occurring. There was, there's also a lot of like, like people that are close to me, friends and family. Like I was kind of put into their perspective looking back at me and like how they must perceive me there was a lot of that um also the first night there's this like really connectivity to like nature and the universe and i was being shown i guess how like death and rebirth of nature occurs and this is like really deep and strange but it's almost going into this like biological geometric technology that creates everything that is in the universe and it was way too complex for my mind to to really process but it was interesting like it was kind of showing me like this connectivity that we have to everyone and everything get a sense of the interconnection right and it was beautiful it really was um uh, just beyond though beyond conception beyond comprehension yeah you know somewhere around that point the bell rung and like even though i was definitely immersed in the experience like i could hear and i could walk and so as i was instructed like i got up i stumbled out of out of the cabin and you know out and i got back in line to get um another cop it was wild while i was out there i looked up at the sky and this was my first like actual i would say like like hallucination um for me, at least, I know everyone's experience can be a little different. I, other than patterns and and fractals and images and stuff like that, I didn't really get like full out, you know, hallucinations. I don't know how common they are, but I I'm standing outside and it's almost a full moon. Saturday was a full moon. Friday was before, but it was almost a full moon. I'm looking up at the moon and the stars are a little like twinkling, like in a Disney movie. Like there's just <laughs> they're, like sitting off sparks, and I'm like. And I just remember looking up at like how beautiful it's this like wow what a beautiful night and I realized like those words like came out of my mouth I was thought I was thinking them and I looked back at the guy behind me he definitely heard but he was kind of non-responsive I guess <laughs> so he just kind of glassing but but um I just remember just how like perfect that night was and how beautiful it was to look at the sky but yeah so I waited in line I got uh the second cop the re the booster and this time when you get the booster i was outside we, we just drank it right there shaman hands you the cup you drink it um i went back into the room and i went deeper you know into the experience and like more questions were being answered that night though let's talk about purging a little bit so so when you're in the experience they give you your mattress you get a thin sheet at least at, at this retreat you have thin blanket, pillow, and then you have a purge bucket. And you know, at all times, you have to have your purge bucket. If you get up to go to the bathroom, you take your bucket with you. If you go and get another dose, you take it, your bucket just stays with you. But <laughs> throughout the night, probably starting about an hour in, there was just this chorus of purging 
throughout wow. the room. Yeah. Just people vomiting. And and purging comes in all different categories. Comes in yawning, tears, like okay. kind of uncontrollable tears, not like weeping, but like just your eyes will tear. Interesting. Um Okay. Uh, some people sc- scream and yell. There was definitely some of that going on, uncontrollable body movements. Like people like wow. well, shit themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's common enough. But vomiting is very common as well. But there's just this, like, like it's a chorus or serenade of just purging <laughs> going on at all times. Intense. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, but yeah, so I get back, I get back to the bed and after the second cup and, and, uh, you know, I go deeper and um, it was definitely ratcheted up the intensity. And um, I'm going through all, you know, a lot of other things like, you know, anxiety and depression was a, was the big topic of why I was there. I'm trying to just figure out how I can keep that under control. And I did a lot of work to get it there, but like it, like it, I want to maintain that. Mm-hmm. And kind of the, the overall message that I got was be present. Like, just to stay, like, stay in the moment. Like, just be present. And and that correlates to the other things that I've learned. And, like, one of the sayings I love is, like, uh, depression is just worrying about the past. Anxiety is worrying about the future. That's awesome. Neither yeah. of those two can exist if you're in the present and you stay in the in the moment. Um, but that was that was kind of the message that came to me. And then I, I also got the message that, like, dude, you're doing enough. Like, like mm. you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, but you're, you're doing, You've you're doing, doing enough. Yeah. Like you just be proud of yourself. Like you're, you know, you're doing the things you need to do and don't be so hard on yourself, mm. which was amazing. But <laughs> after that second cup really started to kick in, that intensity got to be a lot. And then, and I'm like starting to get like these images and like, <laughs> of like very, um, advanced like universal knowledge i guess and like mm. and it's like i was looping my thoughts just coming back to like the impossibility of like the things that were being downloaded to me and it's like it got to the point where it's uncomfortable it's like i couldn't just get my mind off that thought and i was like and they and they tell you like if if you know if you need anything you can ask the medicine you say hey you know and i said like aya can i stop looping right now this is like getting uncomfortable immensely it's getting uncomfortable and then just moments later, I, I literally like, I don't know if I can make it sound, this thud on my chest. It's like mm. a tap. And I, I was wearing two pendants and I was like, maybe they bumped, bumped into each other, but they were both under my shirt and there was no, there was no way that they could have done that. And then, and not only did I hear the sound, I felt this tap and like how I interpreted it was like, Hey, I'm like in this mental loop right now. And, and like, I was basically, you know, go back to your heart. Hmm. And as soon as I, as soon as like I got that message, as soon as that sunk in, things calmed down, things relaxed. And then from there just kind of went, the best way to describe it is this beautiful dream. Like Hmm. throughout the experience, I was yawning profusely. There was like uncontrollable, like my eyes were just tearing up, but no like real, like, like intense purging or anything like that. But that was, that is all purging. Um, But I was kind of scraping through my soul, like, like pulling all these, these things up to the surface at the beginning of it. And this was just like kind of me mellowing out. Like I, for that ceremony, I had, I had got the questions answered. I got my intentions fulfilled. And 
and then I guess the back end, it was just kind of slipping into this beautiful dream. And, mm. and I just went into this kind of very m- mellow state of mind. And I don't, I can't differentiate when that experience stopped and I slept, but the next thing I knew it was morning. Cool. Okay. So it just kind of drifted, drifted away and just, you know, what, what was not cool was, uh, I'd still hadn't eaten. Right. And wow, after yeah. that, after the night, like after the night ceremony, they were offering snacks, slept through it. You missed the snack. <laughs> I missed the oh snack. Oh my God. And so, and since cool. I, since I was deprived on sleep, yeah. I, um, and, and I, I maybe got four hours, five hours of sleep that night because I, after the second dose, it was probably two, three. I, well, that's another thing I, I should mention too, is like the concept of time, space and time stopped existing hmm. when you're in like, I, I could have, at some point I didn't know if I was one hour into my journey or six hour, like they're like, I had no idea, like time just, you have no concept of it. On top of that, they have you turn off your phones and all your electronics, you know, any distractions anyways. Like, it was very tempting for me to just poke my phone just right. to see what time it was. But I had no, I had no sense of time. But, um, but at some point, I fell asleep. And, um, and I woke up and I was like, oh, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, and I'm still tired. But um, I, I had two ceremonies to do that day. <laughs> and I am. Um, because you're doing the day and then you're going to yeah, do another so, night, huh? So for this retreat, there's uh, two ceremonies are included, a Friday and Saturday night. But there's an option to do a third. And mm-hmm. I said, if I'm doing this, I'm going all in. So I, I paid a little extra to do the daytime ceremony. Okay. And at this point, I realized, like, it, by the time I got out of bed and started walking around, it was past 8 a.m. And breakfast was already shut down, right? Okay. There was uh, yoga at 9, which I did, which I'm very grateful I did yoga because it I got the blood moving kind a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, it gave me a little bit of energy. But since I was doing the daytime ceremony, they say you, you don't want to eat lunch. You don't want to eat right before you do the medicine. I'm wow. Like, oh. So you really had a fast on top <laughs> yeah. of your Aya right. journey. Yeah. Right. So, so I was like, all right. So uh, daytime ceremony, we met uh, around 11 or 12 um, afternoon, somewhere around noon. And uh, this time it was at Oak Grove, which is this beautiful wooded area. What they did, they laid down mats, um, like like woven mats, um, and that was your spot. Instead of being in the bed in the, in the cabin, that's your spot, your, your little mat. I brought a pillow and a blanket. Um, yeah, it was time to do day, daytime. But since, it, since I was exhausted, I was running on fumes, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take, take it easy on myself. Right. For the day, because yeah. you know, I had already decided that, like, that night I was going in, I was going full tilt. But for the daytime, I decided on just doing one cup. That's what I started with the night before. It was mild enough. I knew I could handle it. It's fine. But uh, ceremony, they they did the whole thing. Sage, we joined line. We got in line. Some last minute instructions. Walked up. Uh, I you know, and this time I could choose my dosage, but I went with the one cup, the one tablespoon. And we got our cups, so everyone kind of went to their mat. Um, I, I chose a spot. It had this, like, little palm, I don't know, bush. It was a big palm leaf. And it was, like, hanging right over, over my mat. And I was, like, kind of connected cool. with it. And I was like, cool. I was like, you know, that's going to be my spot. Um, so I went to my spot. But I was on the perimeter. And I'd say about 80 people 
were there. So this was a wow. big joint ceremony. Yeah. This wasn't like confined to the, there's 14 people in, in, in my cabin. This was 80. So out in the open and during the day. So not dark. It was, you know, it's a different environment. But uh, same deal. We all went back to our mats. Uh, we took the medicine and just kind of settled in. Same kind of things started happening. Same kind of timeline. 30 minutes in, started to get a tingle. A little bit of visuals, not much. But just a very calming feeling. And uh, I, I had my blanket and my pillow, and I just kind of cozied up. And uh, was kind of in between, like, eyes shut and eyes open. And just looked around, and it's like, I, I wasn't really getting, like, this major conversation with the medicine at this at this point, but I did feel like very spiritual. If that makes sense. I feel very connected. Mm. Um, I just, often I would like reach up and just touch the palm tree. At, a, at one point I like kind of buried my hand in the ground. I can kind of feel the energy and the vibration from earth, neat. Um, yeah. which was neat. And also like I'd, I spent a lot of time just kind of glancing around at everyone there and like almost like just with full compassion. I was like, you know, people were starting to struggle. There was vomiting. There was lots of purging. Um, there were some like verbal outbursts, which was strange. Okay. I want to say strange, but which it was a form of purging. Um, part of what was happening, but you were seeing even that with that kind of love tinged perspective, huh? But like with everything that was going on, I I just remember glancing around. It's like, I just, I have so much love for humanity right now. And like the people who were vomiting or the people who were having like verbal outbursts, like I just felt as like they're they're going through something. They're clearing something right now. There's mm. something like being removed from them right now. Like that. And that was, and, and like, that's a good feeling. Yeah. And I was like, I, I felt happy for them that, that mm. there was some progress being made in their life. Um, there's, Cause you had just gone through that. So you knew how yeah. real, how deep right. that right. interaction can get. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, uh, but what's amazing about the daytime ceremony, they had the live band playing the daytime ceremony. Awesome. Um, right. Music was was amazing. Like so, uh, Icarus or ayahuasca music is like it's. I don't know if that I could ever have connected to it before my experience, but at like during and after, like it's just very soothing. Just basically lullabies. Like hmm. um, a, a lot of it's a, it, like as an indigenous um, influence. A lot of it's bilingual, but just the music was beautiful. And on top of that, like. The facilitators and staff just like were very beautiful people too, like like inside and out, like all very attractive, uh, just like amazing people. Um, but they would walk around and they would all wear white. That's how you kind of differentiate differentiate them from guests to staff. Mm-hmm. They would all wear white head to toe, and they're like angels just walking around and like they're always mm-hmm. checking on you, you know, like showing you a lot of love and attention. Um, but they would walk around and sing and somehow they all had like perfect voices. I don't, I don't know if it was the medicine or what, but I, I just remember feeling like that's amazing that the, these like angels are walking around singing and it's like just the most beautiful sounds. How cool. But, it sounds um, like a really magical vibe yeah. that was created right. in that ceremony. Right. And then, um, uh, so I, um, I did lay down for a while and like I said, I felt very spiritual at some point that's about two hours the medicine started wearing off. And I kind of set up and was just, I, I had my blankets still in my head and I'm just kind of swaying with the music and just watching people and just with a love and admiration for everything that's going on around me. And like, <laughs> what I, what that was amazing was like, and I think like the key word for the daytime ceremony was connectivity. I just felt connected, mm. like so connected to everyone. But 
at some point towards the end of the ceremony, right in the middle, you know, it's like this big oval of people, and right in the middle, like something occurred between two people, and, and they started giggling, right? I don't know if it was a joke. No, like, I don't even know why. I don't think anyone there knew why. So that giggling went on for a few minutes, and then it turned to belly laughter. <laughs> and then the, the few people that were next to them just started laughing. And then the layers, it just kind of reverberated from there. And I'm just watching. And this took like 15 minutes to develop. And like, <laughs> and like, and so in front of the group that was right, like five feet in front of me, they started laughing. I was like, oh man, and I'm on the perimeter. I'm like at the very edge. I'm like, I'm not going to laugh. It's like, no. I just, <laughs> they had just been and, saying and, and, and then and all of a sudden I like start smirking. I'm giggling. <laughs> and like. And once again, I think it kind of like uh, reaffirmed like that connectivity. It's like that that laughter was viral, like, and it connected us all. Like literally, like, if you weren't vomiting, you were laughing. Like, <laughs> like, like, it was like honestly a very beautiful moment. And um, you know, and about that time, the, the daytime ceremony ended, and I was able to get lunch. And I can't emphasize how amazing it was to eat. And like, there was like a full meal, and it, and it was it was all vegan food. Um, there was a soup, like a vegetable soup, and I thought some rice and oh, I bet everything like was like the best ever. Beans and some salad, but like, and it wasn't a, a, like a big portion, but it was the like one of the most amazing meals I ever ate. Like, uh, I finally had some sustenance, and like, um, and so I ate the meal, and there was kind of some downtime after that. Uh, this was later in the afternoon. Um, there was a, a seminar, I think, around three thirty. It was about shadow work which I had, I had enough back knowledge of shadow work. And like, I was like, you know what? I just need to prep for tonight. I wanted to just rest, you know? Mm-hmm. So I did like socialize a little bit and went around and talked, met some people, but later my caught, I did a little bit of journaling, just kind of getting prepped for the last night. Um, and, uh, so kind of similar for the first night, we all met in the Maloka had, you know, kind of had some speeches from staff, and then we broke out into integration, which was really cool, because I really think of the, this event as therapy. And um, yeah, tell us about that integration aspect yeah. that they so, include. And in- yeah, so the what we all did was we, we met in our cabins, but we're the 14, 12 to fourteen of us, but we split that group in half. So I think we we're six other people, um, and we would, what we did was we had uh, one of the uh, counselors just. Um, staff, basically counselor. We kind of went, went from person to person to person, and you know described your what led you to coming to the retreat mm-hmm. and your first night and your first you know in the daytime and like describe you know your experience with the medicine. And um, when it started, I was like, this is probably pretty casual. Um, but as we were going through and just hearing everyone's trauma. And all the things that they had gone through, uh, it got emotional real fast. I mean, I, yeah. and I'm not going to talk about any individuals there, their experiences, but in general, you know, abuse of all kinds that people were dealing with, all types of trauma abuse, uh, or abuse of trauma, uh, relationship stuff, um, you know, mental health issues, depression, PTSD, anxiety people with anger issues, people who are having difficulty connecting with family members, their kids, uh, with, you know, uh, people battling potentially terminal illnesses. Mm. So this whole spectrum of, like, people who are, 
you know, there for healing. And, uh, but it was, it was amazing actually. Like, I think it's a very important part of the experience was, was just being able to be there and, and hear other people and then tell your story and in a room full of like really supportive people in the atmosphere and, and the room was just, it was just, yeah, it's love. There's a lot of love and compassion for each other. And, uh, that was, that was really neat, uh, to get that. And not only did we do that, um, Saturday, uh, late afternoon, evening, we also did Sunday, mm-hmm. um, Sunday, there was, there was no ceremonies, but we had an integration and there's some other things that we did on Sunday before we departed. Mm. But yeah, after the integration, there was a little more downtime and then the anticipation was building up for the night ceremony. And what time did they do the ceremonies at at night? Uh, I think it started around eight eight thirty. Okay. They, and they called it ayahuasca time, so it was never on. Is generally it was around eight o'clock. It okay. wasn't like a we start right now. Yeah. But yeah, so I started getting prepared for that, and and for me it was just laying on my mattress a lot, just trying to breathe and like. But I'd I'd actually talked to during integration. I had a question for for the facilitator. It's like, hey, I took one cup the first night and it took two two definitely got me deep but you know i really want to you know go as deep as possible like what do you recommend on dosage and i was like i was thinking of just doing two cups at once and see how it goes and he's like you you said it you already said it yourself that's what you're thinking about that's what you should do so that's kind of where my mind went it's like i'm just going to double the dosage um on the last night and just you know get as much bang for my buck as possible and so that's what we did. Same thing happened. Same routine. Sage instructions. Line up. And when I walked up, I said, "Yeah, I want two tablespoons. I want you know two. And um, and like, I did. I didn't watch when they poured it. And like in the porcelain cup, you can't really tell depth. And I was like, I wonder if they put two in there. I was like, it looks kind of low. But I was like, I, I don't know. But I went to the cabin thinking that maybe they only put one. And uh, I. Uh, get in the cabin and they do the they start the ceremony you know heart to your or cup to your heart you know silently you know whisper your intention into your cup raise your cup drink it and when i drank it i was like oh yeah that was definitely two tablespoons like there's definitely more volume there than the first time <laughs> <laughs> like but it, you know I rinse it out and swig the rest and like i was like okay but then like i was like all right same routine i'm just gonna sit back on my mattress and just you know, be calm and wait for everything to start. I, did, I, I didn't have the nerves that I did the first night. I thought I, you know, I thought yeah. I was, you know, at this point, I say a veteran, but I had experience. I, you know, it's yeah. not my first rodeo anymore. So I sat back and um, just kind of waited for things to happen. And um, but this time it was about 20 minutes in. Uh, I started to, f- to feel like the come up. I started to feel tingly. Um, not long after that, I'm looking around and there's kind of vibrant uh, visuals going on and patterns and graphs and symbols and like I was like, all right, this is a little hitting a little, a little differently. You know, it's not only coming on quicker than before, but this is already more intense than the previous journeys were. And so I was like, all right, well, let's just breathe through it. You know, five, you know, five minutes later, the intensity really starts ratcheting up talking visuals patterns graphs um, my my thoughts are starting to fire like like warp speed and uh, shortly after that i had that first thought of like 
am I gonna be all right? <laughs> like, this is, uh, I, I've, I've had, you know, experiences before in my past with psychedelics and like, but this is, this is getting a little bit, uh, a little bit to be too much. Um, and, uh, but that was my first thought. I was like, you know, I just, just, you think your way through it. Just, you know, just work your way through it. Just let things flow. You'll be all right. And I tried that for a little bit. And like, all of a sudden, like, I felt like, like my heart was beating out of my chest. Like I can like hear my heartbeat at this point. And I started becoming very uncomfortable. Like I kept switching positions and I'm like just writhing around my mattress, just mm. trying to get comfortable. Um, I feel like maybe I was sweating a little bit too. Um, wow. and then I was like, I right, just breathe through it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not holding my breath as long as I could. Like, I feel like my breath was getting shorter. Um, I was like, all right, well, drink water, maybe drink water. And then before you know it, I'm like mentally panicking. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it sounds like the writhing, the yeah. breathing faster. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, okay, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And at that point, I was like, I was like, maybe I just have to purge. Like, you know, and everyone around me is, is purge basically. Like, you know, most of the people in the room have purged. I'm like, I had this kind of stigma and just maybe not too comfortable vomiting in a room full of basically strangers. But like, right. but it's like, I guess that's what we'll try. And so, so I tried and there was like a few dry heaves, but nothing really. And, and still it remained like, and then I was like, oh, my heart's beating faster. Like I am feeling like way not okay. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like straight up not having a good time at this point. And I can't, I can't get comfortable. And, um, you know, and I have my purge bucket and I like, I kept coming back to it, but still couldn't like, I was dry heaving for sure, but nothing was coming out. And I was like, oh, I'm shutting down. And, and it, in my mind, like the, the patterns and the visuals in my, like in the movie screen behind my eyelids was becoming so bright. It was almost like hot to shut my eyes, but like wow. there was literally no difference with my eyes open or closed. I was getting all the, the same visuals were the same. visuals. Wow. Like, like I like vision didn't matter yeah. at this point. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, it just felt so hot. And I was like, and I remember they had to told us that if things are like get too intense, they can give you, there's a couple of things that they can provide. Rape is one of them. I like to talk about that a little bit, actually. But um, also like a lemon, uh, salted lemon. Hmm. And the salted lemon, you you eat it and it takes the edge off. It basically reduces the intensity. And I was like, <laughs> my internal dialogue is like, dude, you're dying. You should probably tell one of the facilitators. But I'm still like like trying to process like, am I just kind of being a little bitch about it right now or yeah, should I yeah. like like but this felt very intense and and like I, I kept like trying to get eye contact with the facilitator but I just for some reason didn't want to open my mouth and ask but at this point it's like oh dude you're you're getting worse like in this the like I said the internal dialogue just kept nagging at me and I was like you're about to die like you're about this is not normal the, this is this is not okay. Like your, your body, you're showing all the signs, like you're about to die. And in reality, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, it's confronting you with but, the fear but, of death. Right. But, yeah. but this was, this was the intention I had for me is they needed me to go through this. Like, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it makes sense. That fear of death seems to be at the bottom of all of our mm -hmm. worldly concerns. Like, I'm, right. am I going to do it right in this life? I got to do it right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, 
uh, at this point, I'd gotten the facilitator's attention because I was, I was not dealing. With, I was kind of like uh, up off the front of the mattress, and I, I actually, I think, vomited a little bit, but it was probably mostly just the water because I started chugging water, and I think it was just, just the water. But, but I was in bad shape, and I, and I, got Brandon's attention. as like, and and I felt like my eyes were rolling in the back of my head, and I was really dizzy. I was like, hey, you know, can I get the lemon with salt? He came over to me, he's like, okay, give me a second, I'll go get it. And then for an undetermined amount of time, he left, but I don't think it was a long time. And then he came back, and he just looked at me, and I was like, I was like, Brandon, I don't know if I'm doing okay. And and then I sort of like hunched over and kind of collapsed. And uh, it, was, it was amazing. He put his arm out and caught my head, like, like kind of in the elbow of his arm. Hmm. And I just, I just lay there and like, and I'm like looking up with him like a child, like how you would hold a child, like, yeah. like a toddler. And I'm looking up with him and he just looked me in the, straight in the eyes. He goes, he goes, Sean, you're right where you need to be right now. Like, I just need you to hold on for a little bit longer. You're doing fine. And I don't know if there was magic in what he said, but like, um, and then almost in like one fell swoop, he, he put a pillow under his arm and just let my head fall down on the pillow. I'm just laying on the pillow on the floor and I'm just kind of staring at the door and, and then consciousness left. I don't know if I blipped out for a second. I don't know if I fell asleep, which I really doubt, but like things went dark for a second and then, then everything rebooted hmm. and my eyes open and I'm laying there and it's like, like I still didn't feel great, but like, I didn't feel like in like extreme duress anymore. There was the panic was gone, and I was like, I took a few breaths. It's like, uh, all right, you're you're gonna be fine. You're not dying, <laughs> which was very much a relief. Hmm. And then you know a little bit later, I was like, uh, you're you're laying on the floor. <laughs> so I got up, I got back on my bed, and like just took some cleansing breaths, and and that relief really started to set in. And like as I kind of felt like I retained my normal breathing hmm. uh, pattern. You know, I like feel my heart. I'm like, I had some water. It's like, okay, okay, you're you're fine. Like you're you're fine. Apparently, the worst is over. And then all of a sudden, this like this feeling of of just like joy overtook me. I'm like, wow. Like this was kind of a metaphor. Like I feel like there were parts of me that needed to die, mm. and metaphorically, that's what just happened. And now it's like it felt like a rebirth. And, mm. and all this feeling of joy and like love and like, like bliss, it was literally like euphoria just rushed over me. And I started like rethinking everything in a, in a different perspective. I was mm. like, you know, all these relationships like that I have issues with, like, dude, I, they're completely solvable. All these problems, all these, like all this weight that I put on my old, sh on my own shoulder is, is meaningless. Like you just thought like to your core, you were going to die. And like, none of that shit mattered at that point. Nothing matters. It's like what matters is, is existence. And like I started just having like unconditional love for the first time in my life, like just felt pure consciousness and unconditional love just like flood over me. Mm. And I just sat back like in pure bliss. And, and for hours, all I could think about is how amazing like this life was and how amazing this existence was and, and how grateful I am to have been able to experience all the things that I have so far and all the things that I will get to experience and, you know, and then how capable I am to like overcome, you know, all these things I think are obstacles and like, and, 
and like it it was like if i could ever imagine a taste of heaven that's what it was hmm. and it was it was for a few hours like and and i just remember thinking it's like i need to like get up and run around and tell everyone but i didn't move i just laid there and just like ecstasy basically and i think like you know each of the journeys that i did had their purpose and like if i can classify my my first night it was just questions and answers it was and and I, I got knowledge from that first night. Mm-hmm. Um, the daytime was just connectivity, and I felt you know this extreme connectivity oneness, and love, oneness, compassion with everything. Mm. And that last night was just kind of you know total and complete healing. Mm. Um, and what I realized is like in that moment I was so present. I was I was here now, as Ram Dass says, "Be here mm. now." Totally I, here now. I was yeah. there then, like I was here now. And, um, and I made a decision that that's what I'm going to strive to do Hmm. going forward. And it will not always be that way. It won't. And like, yeah, there'll um, be inconsistencies, but right. But, but that is my goal to stay present in Hmm. all moments. And then also to continue to try to find unconditional love for everyone and everything. Um, because what the medicine really does is it strips your ego away. Yeah. And our ego does so much to us to our ego is the one telling us that, that we need to be afraid, you know, that this isn't going to work out or, you know, we're, we're not good enough to handle this situation or we don't need to try. We're not going to be able to accomplish and that goal. Yeah. And like, yeah. and to have that ego completely gone and just see and feel things that clearly mm. is, like, like something I, 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 I don't know anyone personally that that can relate to that. Like, it I was can just, see why you would call it being reborn, in a sense, because you you had woken into true presence. The mind's typical monologue was totally absent. Now mm-hmm. you're in a state of pure bliss and connection, realizing how holy this eternal moment is that we're all cast into and so it's i can see this deep commitment to honoring experience mm-hmm. and and with the uh the dmt and ayahuasca um it said that they can trigger these near-death experiences it sounds like you had a very real near-death yeah. experience it, it was visceral yeah. like in the moment like looking back at it i was you know <laughs> like like from a, from a very superficial way i was like i was just tripping in a cabin and losing my mind well yes technically but but in that experience there were so many many lessons being learned um yeah and and yeah it feels like a very low resolution way of saying it because right. tripping is doesn't quite describe what no, the like, plant medicines do and, yeah. and and once again to harp on this like the the intelligence that this medicine this plant has is beyond comprehension it's beyond words and hopefully like i was able to articulate it decently but but yeah, give us a little bit more of a taste of that. Because I remember when we talked so, on the phone, you were telling me about how that plant intelligence became super apparent yeah. when you, when you, I think you had, and you, you did tell us a little bit about that yeah, part bit, where and, you spoke to it yeah. and asked right. it for help. Yeah, absolutely. So like the few things, and I've already mentioned them, but but the the first night when I had all my questions and all my intentions set out, and there's two pages. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, three pages in my journal of all the stuff that I re- wrote out that I was trying to remember and take into and the couldn't. experience. And, and then it just... And then, you know, 
after the medicine, it's like my mind went blank, but the medicine recalled every single thing and showed me and shined the light on every single question and every single thing that I, I was intending to get out of the event. Like literally I could have left after night one because I had all my questions and everything answered. Mm. Like I literally could like the, it, it just possesses, uh, you know, this, this ability to, you know, and it's all working through you. It's all you, but it's pulling things out of your consciousness, out of your mind, out of your memory that that needs to be brought up but that you're not consciously aware needs mm. to be addressed there mm. are things that were brought up that i didn't know were holding me back you right know? and they yeah. were brought up and, and a light was shine, sh- like shown on it and i was like interesting i am still holding on to something wow. here yeah um but i think for that last night ayahuasca wanted to show me wanted to reiterate how valuable my life is and the best way to do it is to make me think that it's being taken away. Yeah. And um, and I would not have been able to. It's literally like I it felt like I experienced hell and heaven within mm. a 30 minute period. You know, I literally would not have been able. And I think that's so much healing was done after that I purged, like in so much insight into how I want to carry myself after I left the retreat. I, yeah. I it was gained in those two to three hours of just sitting there in just absolute bliss, knowing that this is like my true nature is to feel this way and is to be in this state of mind. And for me, I'm so motivated taking that with me outside of it. I've, I've been uh, really digging into to, um, and that true nature, like, sorry to cut you off, but it's like that it has a very home kind of feeling to it doesn't right. it? there's a there's a depth and a trueness to it that's beyond right yeah like i i feel at our core that's that's what humans like are intended to be like we're supposed to be more connected we're supposed to be compassionate we're supposed to we're supposed to have unconditional love for each other and, and you know we lose our way i think we're programmed growing up uh, from you know very young to be in these structures whether it's religious government our education system, financial system. Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of put in this box of how to act, think, um, and yeah. we're programmed. And like, I don't, I don't think that's, that's... And our thoughts govern us. Our minds right. end up governing us instead right. of being like a tool for right. our awareness. Right. Yeah. Well, how it's put to me, which I really like this explanation is like, you know, our, our parents were trained by their parents, uh, to, to be programmed a certain way and their parents ego, uh, in order to help protect their children, uh, put these standards on their kids, which they adopt and eventually create their own ego and just gets past generation, mm-hmm. generation, and generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really aligned with like our true nature as human beings. Like, like, I mean, if, if you're in the chakra systems, I think most of us are really operating under our, our root or sacral and our upper abdomen. And none of us not really know how to open our heart chakra our hearts, up and yeah. really like know how to feel and, and, and you know compassion and like true love for for our existence and other people yeah um, and that love gives us a depth of wisdom and understanding that you can't quite get through mentalization alone right it seems yeah right right but um but no like going forward from this experience like what those few hours um has really instilled in me it's like i need to strive to be in that space as much as possible and whether that's shadow work or, you know, meditation and yoga and all these practices I have, like, 
I need to follow that route mm-hmm. and and do those things that keep yeah us and, oriented. And that's where my long term healing lies is to be in present and pursuing that state of mind at all yeah. times. And um, and that's where it's landed me for sure. Awesome, brother. Awesome. That's such a cool story because you had such a radically radical transformation from the experience as far as confronting those past traumas and being able to learn how to integrate them and to find your inner stillness in a deeper way than I'm sure you'd ever, ever touched it before and to know truly that that's what you truly are. That's what we all truly are yeah. is this presence, the stillness that runs through everything and and that that constant ongoing miracle just to have the opportunity to be able to serve it, to love it, to honor it, to let it live through us and be its vessels and interact with. We become co-creators in this shared reality. And that's, I think that's where the great hope lies for humanity. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to share to people that are interested in ayahuasca or, Perhaps, you know, you can't do ayahuasca um, because of some health reason or other reason financially or what have you. What other things are helping you now? Um, really, um, well, to pick that apart, yeah. um, for, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I want to be an av- advocate for ayahuasca. I've never want to be... I remember you telling yeah. me, yeah. You were like, like, I don't know if I'll ever need to do it again. Like. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And and there's a chance I'll go back because, you know, as life unfolds, there may be new traumas or things that I need to address or, you know, things can arise where I might want to go back. And like I said, half the people there were returning mm-hmm. because they had gotten something valuable, the first experience that they wanted to come back and just kind of get back in that space again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I could ever advocate for ayahuasca. What I will say is like, like no one else should ever steer you into going on these journeys. But ayahuasca, like your ayahuasca journey almost starts when you commit to doing it. And if the medicine is calling you towards doing it, then I think you should uh, explore that thought and do your research and really dive into to uh, what that journey might mean to you. I, you know, it's 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 something that has to call you and it's not for everybody. One hundred percent. It's not for everybody. Um, I would never tell someone to do it, but what I do think yeah, is that's a pretty intense yeah. confrontation. Yeah, yeah. But what I do think is important, and uh, and now that this is becoming the awareness of this is becoming higher and higher in the Western world, I do think that information should be out there. People should have education on it, or should have access to knowledge about it, um, because you hear of PTSD being cured, um, mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, and I'll tell you, ever since. I left that retreat. I have not felt depression and anxiety. Wow. I haven't. And, you know, it's granted it's only been three weeks, but... That's huge, though. But, I mean, that's saying something. But there's so so many people, drug addiction, uh, alcohol addiction. There's so many people that that have these really amazing testimonies coming out of these ceremonies. Just talking to you earlier, Ron White, the comedian, which I don't... (laughs) know much about i just knew he was on joe rogan he was talking about how he went there and and he's no longer an alcoholic he went there because the story was pretty amazing yeah alcoholism and and i think that the western world is so uh we're so trained to trust our you know our current medical industry Mm -hmm. and not really consider alternative ways of 
dealing with things natural ways, holistic ways, dealing with, you know, mental illness and all mm-hmm. other things. Because let's face it, like we're all, we all dealt with some sort of trauma, even if it's just COVID, like we're all dealing with something. And, uh, you know, I, I would say if, if you, this calls you, explore it, you know, explore the idea because it has, it has a pretty high success rate yeah. with, with people who are, who are trying to heal. Yeah. And like you said, it seemed like it's, it's you that's doing the work. It's mm-hmm. just helping reveal right. the depths of right. you. Right. And, and they say like the ayahuasca is like 2%, like the actual journey is 2% of the work. The other 98 is what you do after it. Mm. But what it does is it shines a light on, on the, on the issues. It reveals what needs to be worked on. Yeah. And like then, the yeah. scene that you were taking on the different people in the situation. Mm-hmm. That's really intriguing the way that it allowed you those different perspective angles and that that gives you an insight into the heartfulness of what the medicine avails us. It's yeah. this heartfulness that we have that really widens our perception. We're much more considerate and able to take in more information um, with this interest and understanding and that interest and understanding that that's just another hue of love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 How cool. There was something else I wanted to ask, and I want to see if I can remember before we go. You had described how it was, it gave you detail, too. So that's another interesting aspect with with the plant medicines. They're really just opening up our subconscious and our awareness to be able to see and look at things in a new way, in a fuller way, mm-hmm. perhaps as well, because there's less restrictions. It's just the whole subconscious comes bubbling up. And then that heartful aspect of it is so fascinating. And, and it is, so these insights we can have during meditation, we can have during self-inquiry and, and when we're learning to take care of ourselves and be more honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. That's where the plant medicines are taking you. Right. It's the same place that we're all kind of afraid yeah. to go. Yeah. You know, and, and it, that's why we don't meditate for two hours every day like we know we're supposed right. supposed. But right. like the more can... you do, the better it's going to get, you know. And so something like ayahuasca is just like, hey, all right, I'm loading myself into the cannon. Right. Here we go. Right. And yeah. I, I think that's an important point. It's like uh, Aya is kind of a bridge to get you to this level of consciousness that most people can't really achieve unless don't they don't even know exists. Unless yeah. unless they are, you know, like very um, very experienced in meditation or, you know, just on a higher spiritual level, you know, like it, it's, it's a tool, maybe someone would say a shortcut, but it's a tool to get you there and give you a glimpse of, of how, what a better reality can and should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of aid you and push you, motivate you towards going out to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the, I think that's really how the medicine works because yeah. ultimately it's not curing you. It's not. It's not fixing your problems, but it's showing you a very uh, detailed picture of what the problem is, mm. and and on giving you the the, like the knowledge to get out and and you know really work on it. Yeah, yeah. And really, and and in the part where it's just like the way it opens your heart it's too. So that literally, you this this motion of like like Superman just 
ripping on like it reminds me of those old pictures of jesus the oil painting where he's like holding his rib cage open you can see his heart absolutely and and it's like all the way to the shoulder blades and just flicking out and just being wide open like a like a wide open heart chakra is something that that yeah through meditation i've i've felt similar but not to this never wide 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 open yeah makes sense but you know but I also feel like it, once again, I I want to I'm to a point where like I'm realizing like I don't need to rely on these tools anymore, and who who mm-hmm. knows I may come back. Yeah, for another... it's not about the fireworks, right? Yeah. It's about what we learn right through the process of what the the light of the fireworks it, shows us. Exactly, and yeah. and you know like I'm I'm certain that I can I can um, maintain uh, a place of peace and calm in my life, and I can achieve that if I put in the work, and like that's really what is the motivation to go and do the work like mm-hmm. and that's where i'm at beautiful well thank you so much for sharing absolutely yeah, yeah. it was a pleasure talking to you it's good to see you again after so many years yeah really yeah i haven't seen this guy in like 20 years yeah it's a long time more than 20 years yeah. probably since high school so yeah. it's uh it's been really cool to connect and be able to share this with you guys so i hope you all uh, are doing well out there and talk to you soon